0: The Lord be with you.
1: And also with you.
0: Lift up your hearts. We lift them up to the Lord. Friends near and far, we welcome you to this Sunday service of ordered worship in the nave of Marsh Chapel, Boston University. The liturgy, homily, and music are offered in the praise of God for our gathered congregation here at 735 Commonwealth Avenue, for our New England radio audience through WBUR 90.9 FM, and for our internet listenership around the globe live at WBUR.org. We encourage your written or emailed responses, your prayerful and material support, your self-identification with your own form of ministry in our midst, and as the Spirit moves, your presence with us for worship come Sunday. While we have breath, we shall remember and affirm the great goodness in the great hymn of the great hymn writer Charles Wesley, Unite the pair so long disjoined, knowledge and vital piety, learning and holiness combined, and truth and love let all men see, in those who up to thee we give, thine holy thine to die and live. This is the day the Lord has made, we shall rejoice and be glad in it. As we are able, may we stand in the praise of God. Come, God. pray together. O Lord, make us have perpetual love and reverence for your holy name, for you never fail to help and govern those whom you have set upon the sure foundation of your loving kindness. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. Please be seated we come to a moment of meditation and confession in which we begin our service of worship. We are thankful for gift and grace, and in our confession, in our quiet, we shall think both of gift and grace. We are thankful for individuals, persons, from whom come insights, imagination, creative invention, discoveries, new new ideas for the gift of personal creativity and individual achievement, we are thankful. But we are thankful also, and more so, for communal support and compassion, the grace to watch over one another in love. From community come care and support of those in need, nurture and education of the young, challenge and responsibility for the well and wealthy, and the wisdom of generations passed on in services of worship like this one. For the grace of the common good, the commonwealth, including such grace as we have known here at Marsh Chapel and elsewhere, and in this university, this great university, founded expressly for such common good and located along an avenue of commonwealth, we are thankful. We are thankful for individuals and communities, for gifts and graces. May God grant us, so we shall pray, a divine dialectical capacity to be thankful for both. As the choir sings our traditional Kyrie, may we pause for a time of prayerful confession. Let us pray. thou loving and gracious God, thou who creates and redeems and sustains persons, individuals in a community of care. Receive our prayers, we ask, as we seek thy pardon and thy peace, thou who stills the waves and calms the sea. Beloved, hear the good news. If we confess our sins, God, who is faithful and just, will forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Thanks be to God.
2: A lesson from the first book of Samuel, chapter 17, verses 32 through 49. David said to Saul, Let no one's heart fail because of him. Your servant will go and fight with this Philistine. Saul said to David, You are not able to go against this Philistine to fight with him, for you are just a boy, and he has been a warrior from his youth. But David said to Saul, Your servant used to keep sheep for his father, and whenever a lion or a bear came and took a lamb from the flock, I went after it and struck it down, rescuing the lamb from its mouth. And if it turned against me, I would catch it by the jaw, strike it down, and kill it. Your servant has killed both lions and bears, and this uncircumcised Philistine shall be like one of them, since he has defied the armies of the living God. David said, The Lord who saved me from the paw of the lion and from the paw of the bear will save me from the hand of this Philistine. So Saul said to David, Go, and may the Lord be with you. Saul clothed David with his armor, put a bronze helmet on his head, and clothed him with a coat of mail. David strapped Saul's sword over the armor, and he tried in vain to walk, for he was not used to them. So David removed them. Then David said to Saul, I cannot walk with these. I'm not used to them. So David removed them. Then he took his staff in his hand and chose five smooth stones from the wadi and put them in his shepherd's bag, in the pouch. His sling was in his hand, and he drew near to the Philistine. The Philistine came on and drew near to David with his shield-bearer in front of him. When the Philistine looked and saw David, he disdained him for he was only a youth, ruddy and handsome in appearance. The Philistine said to David, Am I a dog that you come to me with sticks? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. The Philistine said to David, Come to me and I will give your flesh to the birds of the air and to the wild animals of the field. But David said to the Philistine, You come to me with sword and spear and javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts the God of the armies of Israel whom you have defied. This very day the Lord will deliver you into my hand and I will strike you down and cut off your head and I will give the dead bodies of the Philistine army this very day to the birds of the air and to the wild animals of the earth so that all of the earth shall know that there is a God in Israel and that all this assembly may know the Lord does not save by sword and spear for the battle is the Lord's and he will give you into our hand. When the Philistine drew nearer to meet David, David ran quickly toward the battle line to meet the Philistine. David put his hand in his bag, took out a stone, slung it, and struck the Philistine on his forehead. The stone sank into his forehead, and he fell face down on the ground. The word of the Lord.
1: Lesson from St. Paul's Epistle to the Galatians, chapter 3, verses 23 through 29. Now before faith came, we were imprisoned and guarded under the law until faith would be revealed. Therefore, the law was our disciplinarian until Christ came so that we might be justified by faith. But now that faith has come, we are no longer subject to a disciplinarian. For in Christ Jesus, you are all children of God through faith. As many of you as were baptized into Christ have clothed yourself yourself with Christ. There's no longer Jew or Greek. There's no longer slave or free. There is no longer male and female. For all of you are one in Christ Jesus. And if you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's offspring. Here's according to the promise. The word of the Lord.
3: Please join me in reading responsively verses from Psalm 9 with the antiphon. a stronghold for the oppressed, a stronghold in times of trouble. And those who know your name put their trust in you. For you, O Lord, have not forsaken those who seek you. Sing praises to the Lord who dwells in Zion. Declare his deeds among the peoples. For he who avenges blood is mindful of them. He does not forget the cry of the afflicted. Be gracious to me, O Lord, See what I suffer from those who hate me. You are the one who lifts me up from the gates of death, so that I may recount all your praises, and in the gates of daughter Zion rejoice in your deliverance. The nations have sunk in the pit that they made, in the net that they hid has their own foot been caught. The Lord has made himself known. He has executed judgment. The wicked are snared in the work of their own hands. The wicked shall depart to Sheol, all the nations that forget God. For the needy shall not always be forgotten, nor the hope of the poor perish forever. Rise up, O Lord, do not let mortals prevail. Let the nations be judged before you. Put them in fear, O Lord. Let the nations know that they are only human. please rise for the singing of the Gloria Patri and the reading of the Gospel lesson.
4: Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to St. Mark, chapter 4, verses 35 through 41. Glory to you, O Lord. On that day, when evening had come, he said to them, Let us go across to the other side. And leaving the crowd behind, they took him with them in the boat just as he was. Other boats were with him. A great windstorm arose, and the waves beat into the boat so that the boat was already being swamped. But he was in the stern, asleep on the cushion. And they woke him up and said to him, teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? He woke up and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, peace, be still. Then the wind ceased and there was a dead calm. He said to them, why are you afraid? Have you still no faith? And they were filled with great awe and said to one another, Who then is this, that even the wind and the sea obey him? The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ.
0: Be seated. Later in the summer evening, seated perhaps in the dark and natural womb of a hedged backyard, you can hear a strange cacophonous chorus. A small Toyota drives past, its muffler nearly superannuated. There are crickets humming from nearby, yet from nowhere. A prop jet cruises overhead, spraying its round, steady roar. Then there is the neighbor's radio, and a couple who murmur and mutter as they stroll out front. Somewhere a screen door bangs shut, and yet another car stereo pounding. But then, lovely and strange, it comes, And as from a foreign shore or the far far bank of the river Styx, one faintly overhears how unspeakably sweet the long, low, mellifluous whistle of an unseen train. A train whistle at dusk. Is there not something unearthly and final in such a sound? Every dawn breaks differently from the last, as the older and sicker and more lonely among us can see better than others. Some may watch for the dawn for spiritual reasons, but most who see it daily, one suspects, see it through the lenses, the early morning lenses, of sheer loneliness or throbbing and sleep-stealing pain. Or nightmarish angst. You are awake again, and there again is the tempting promissory light of yet another day. See it break a luminous haze, or a streak of dull yellow, or even a sky now confederate gray, now federal blue, now orange, crimson, rose, and all manner of fire. The color of dawn, is there not something unearthly and final in such a sight? To touch. To touch and to speak and to speak with touch and to touch with speech. For four years it may be you have been in uniform and at last You lie down again beside the mother of your children, such a touch. Or maybe you were hurt, nearly killed in an atrocious accident and slept years downstairs in a makeshift hospital bunk until at last you lie down again against the husky shoulder of a husband become nurse become husband become nurse. Such a touch. Or maybe you are estranged for years when grace reunites you two and you again you rub cheek to cheek. Such a touch. The touch of human love and desire. Is there not something unearthly and final in such a feeling? The foot race is over long and you are past the wall, the wall of endurance. You have hit the wall. Now, only out of dumb habit do your legs move still forward and forward. Another hill, another mile. You ache and you hurt, but mostly you thirst with an arid, dusty mouth and cracked lips. Now, Someone has thrust a cup of cold, clear water to you. You lift it and you drink. The force of water upon thirst. Is there not something unearthly and final in such a taste as this? There is a scent, an aroma that your friend wears, partly natural, partly cosmetic, partly a strange mixture of the two. You can sense it in his sweater, in her office, in his car, in her closeness, in his intimacy, in her friendship. It has no name, but it is is a fragrance which outlives her or him, if only for a few weeks or months. Of all things, it makes cleaning that room unbearably and sweetly awful and hard and real. This is a fragrance to end every other. Such a scent. Is there not something unearthly and final about such a fragrance? Come with me for just a moment this morning out to the very edge of life, For the human senses all have their own horizons, their own outer limits, their own twilight zones, sound, sight, touch, taste, scent. They all have their zenith and nadir and apex, their horizon. Each bittersweet is a foretaste, a harbinger, and a chilling reminder of the brute limits of our life even though especially at its very best. They take you out to the limit, to the end of the pier, to the crest of the hill, to the edge of the cliff, to the brink of eternity. Come with me for just a moment this morning out to the very edge of life. Where human experience ends, there, God. Like a tangent, one wrote, touching a circle. On the far side of that train whistle, and that orange dawn, and that erotic touch, and that slaking taste, and that heavenly scent, there, God. A preacher some years ago spoke in a rowdy college auditorium. Posters lined the walls. One read, God is other people. And the preacher began, I have come to put in the comma. And he walked to the wall poster and penned in a comma, God is other, comma, people. God is other. When Paul spoke to the Galatians, He preached the revelation of God, and the Greek word is apocalypse. Our lesson today in the third chapter is preceded by Paul saying in the first chapter, I came to faith by what? By revelation. The word in Greek is apokalupsis. I came by apocalypse. These weeks we have heard scriptures. Worship requires some memory. We've heard three of the great accounts of David. Do you remember two weeks ago? Samuel saying, you want a king? You want a king? I'm going to give you a king. Saul. And let me tell you what you're going to get when you get a king. It's one of the great moments in scripture. You're going to get slavery and hurt. And Saul giving way and David being chosen. Not this one, not that one, not Abinadab, the next story, but Isn't there someone else you've forgotten in your home? Where is that ruddy-cheeked boy? Bring him out. The anointed, the Christ of God. And today, five smooth stones. These are stories worth retelling and knowing our human experience out to its very edge. And last week's letter... You remember, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away, the new has come. To hear Paul in Galatians, we need the Hebrew scripture behind reverberating, and we need the lesson read last week, the new creation, the revelation, the apocalypse of God. Paul is speaking, writing to these bewitched Galatians, He's so angry. He is spitting nails. He's so angry. Have you begun with the spirit to end with the flesh who has bewitched you? It's not us moving toward the future, says Paul. Here is the marrow and goodness of apocalyptic. It is rather the future moving toward us, marking God's promise, God's new creation, by what? How shall we know which of the future is God's promise, the new creation, the revelation, the real apocalyptic, apocalyptic, says Paul later? So chapter 3 requires chapter 1, chapter 3 requires chapter 5. You will know it by the fruit, its marks, the advancing reign of God, the promise of God, the new creation, the revelation, You will know it by its footprints as you know everyone. And what are they? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faith, gentleness, self-control, found to some measure in every worship service, in every gathering of the community, in the listening and speaking, in the word and table, in the prayer and sacrifice. Hear the divine word. Our gospel, the new creation, was wrought in the deep dark soil of ancient Jewish holy war and ancient Jewish millennial eschatology. But the finality and force of today's religious images down deep meet us at the liminal, the very edge of life. Just at the edge of of our experience. In Jesus Christ, says Paul, and him crucified, in this marauding and final act, the revelation, the apocalypse of God, God speaks and God God acts, sending God's future our way. Taste, touch, scent, sound, sight. Moment by moment. And we today, east, west, north, south, maybe, with appreciation for then and history, may hear in the revelation, the word of revelation, then the coming future. Because in many ways we are viscerally close to the New Testament, as closer, closer than any other generation. Behold a mystery out at the very edge of life. The new creation moving toward us, which permeates, invades, steps in, transforms, eclipses, seizes, graces. The new creation Not so much freedom of the will as freeing of the will. Gathering this territory, this orb of so many tyrannies, this earthly life, and opening a place for light to shine. As we shall say together next week, Ring the bells that still can ring. Forget your perfect offering. There is a crack in everything. That's how the light gets in. And there is no religious addition. says Paul to the Galatians, Christ is the end of the law. And in that sense, Christ is the end of religion itself. There's no postscript to the redemptive, apocalyptic act of God in Christ. This is why St. Paul can be so outrageously, shockingly bold to say this is a baptismal formula we have heard, that in Christ there is. This is not moral teaching. This is a description of what is, what is real, what lasts, counts, matters. In Christ there is no longer any difference This is not something to which we aspire, for which we should work, all of which we need to continue to do. Paul is announcing the reality, the revelation, the apocalypse, the new creation of God. There is no longer any difference based on religion, Jew, Greek. There is no longer any difference based on economics, slave-free. There is no difference any longer based on sex, male-female. Paul says it with the finality of the millennium. If anyone is, is in Christ, she is a new creation. The new creation invades our twilight world, even in the church. See, hear, taste, touch, smell it. Day by day and week by week, the church opens its doors to religious and unreligious alike. That is, by the way, one of the great, broad, lasting, happy joys of Marsh Chapel. We are right on that cusp of Christ and culture, Christ-transforming culture, where there is neither Jew nor Greek. The new creation is simply the marker, delimitation, or end of religious practice, Christ the end says Paul of the law. The end of distinction based on tradition alone or doctrine alone or tribe alone. Oh, we value tradition, not traditionalism. Tradition is the living faith of dead people. Traditionalism is the dead faith of living people, said Jaroslav Pelikan. Likewise, in the community of faith, we pool our resources from Acts 2 until June 2012. It is an uncanny event, week by month by year, to collect and disperse funds from each according to his ability and to each according to his need. The new creation is simply, in that delimiting sense, the end of economic distinction. The end of distinction based on wealth alone, position alone, inheritance alone, or success alone. And in our community of faith, our communities of faith, we hear again the event of the preached word, as we did even just two Sundays ago from my dear friend Regina Walton, from the feminine voice of the Reverend Regina Walton, through the authenticity and angle of vision provided by her and by others like her in our time. The new creation is simply the end of sex, The end of distinction based on body alone or gender alone or orientation alone or physique alone or appearance alone. If you're not careful, you can miss the advent of the new creation moving toward us evening and morning. You can miss it if you're not careful for it lies over the edge of our experience alone and touches us as if from nowhere, as if from across. Beloved, in good apocalyptic fashion this summer, we dare you to watch for what is real. The erasure of religion, the toppling of money, the disappearance of sex, all defeated in God's millennial new creation. Without religion to separate us, without money to enslave us, without sex to divide us, just what will become of us? Why we, we together, we will become a beachhead in the invasion of God's new creation, the real millennium, the real new creation. Here, a new creation. Here, an addressable community. Here, a gathering of mutual concern. Here, a people of glad heart. Here, a people of happy passion. Here, not so much, I must, I shall, but I may. I can, I think I will. Finish then thy new creation, pure and spotless let us be, let us see thy great salvation, perfectly restored in thee, changed from glory into glory, till in heaven we take our place, till we cast our crowns before thee, lost in wonder, love, and praise. Amen.
5: In Paul's letter to the Philippians, he advised, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. So let us heed his advice and pray. We welcome you to stand, to remain seated, or come forward to kneel at the altar rail. Now let us sing together hymn 473, Lead Me Lord. refuge and our strength. You are an ever-present help in trouble. Therefore, no matter what we face, we will not fear. We trust in you, dear God, our help and shield. We praise your name, O Lord, for it is good. For you have delivered us from all our troubles, and our eyes have looked in triumph on our foes. Hear our prayer of thanksgiving and praise, holy God. And though we trust you, we fail you. We put on worldly armor, like denial, distraction, and delay when confronted with personal enemies. We should instead fit ourselves with the godly armor of faith and trust in you. Forgive us, merciful Father. Abide with us so that we may gain victory over the enemies we face daily, like envy, arrogance, and indifference. Guide us to justice, truth, and love. Deliver us from our selfishness. We trust in you with our whole hearts and pray for your guidance. We acknowledge you in all that we do and ask you to direct our paths. We pray for the men and women of the military and others in service as they perform their duties around the world. We pray that they and their friends and families seek guidance and comfort in you. As faithful children of God, we ask you to cease the winds and calm the seas that torment us. We pray for your comfort, hope, and healing. And we ask that you dwell in our hearts so that as we approach those storms of anguish with compassion and patience. We know that our help comes from you, Lord. And so we offer these prayers in the name of the one who commanded peace, be still, and there was complete calm. And now, as a community of faith, we join our voices to pray as our Lord taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us
6: of the Lord be always with you. Good morning and welcome to Marsh Chapel. My name is Rachel Cape, the Director of Hospitality. We hope you'll take a moment to put your name and contact information in the red books found along the center of aisle of each pew so that we can get to know you better and help you get to know one another better. On July 15th, Marsh Chapel will be holding a Vacation Bible School. If any families with children are interested, please let me know. Also in July, our, annual, our monthly potluck will be a cookout on the beach. If you plan on coming, please talk to me so we can coordinate food. For all our upcoming services and activities, we encourage you to keep an eye on our website, bu.edu chapel, where you'll also find the opportunity for online giving. Now walk in love as Christ loved us in offering and sacrifice to God.
3: Father God, we ask that you bless these offerings, let them be a touch in the night, a cold cup of water on the run, a whiff of something pleasant when all seems lost, a new dawn at the end of a long, dark night. In your name we pray, amen.
0: Go from thy spirit? Whither shall I flee from thy presence? If I ascend to heaven, thou art there. If I make my bed in Sheol, thou art there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there thy hand shall lead me, thy right hand shall hold me. If I say, Let only the darkness cover me and the light about me be as night, even the darkness. Is not dark to thee. The night is as bright as the day, for darkness is as light with thee. The blessing of God Almighty, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit be and abide with each one of us now and forever. Amen.